Decision making is an important skill set and every leader every manager and every single individual even if you are just a person who is just doing a day job and has no willingness to become a leader it still is a really important skill set and the problem with that is people are generally not able to make good decisions not able to make effective decisions and things get even worse when you are working in a team and that's why you need to have team decision making so today we are going to look at what decision making is how a team makes a decisions that we will list out all the steps that are involved and in the end we will talk about how you can make those decisions more effective and more better what's up guys welcome to everyday 101 this is karan i am a career and mindset coach and today we are going to talk about team decision making so what is decision making well it's very simple you might know about it decision making is just about making decisions well there is no surprise there right because everybody knows that decision making is all about just making those decisions and it's as simple as it gets now i've seen people struggle with such problems you know even i struggle with these problems not in my professional life but in my personal life in some cases for example which clothes to wear or uh, what ice cream to eat or what what food to eat especially deciding which restaurant to go to or what kind of cuisine you wish to try that becomes really difficult because i love all of that right and similarly a lot of people face some problems in their career should i do an mba or not should i go ahead and change my career should i switch my sector should i switch my industry and these are common problems that people face and i have talked about that again and again and again and i have discussed how you can counter that and these things become even more more difficult when you work in a team because in a team there are a lot of different people with different skill set with different thought process with different background and culture and their decision making is level is very different some people will be really good at decision making and other people at the same time will be really bad and at the same time there will be some people who will just be doing it so so bad so let's just see suppose you are working in a company uh, or you wish to work in a company if you are a student or even in that case you are just a businessman or even a student in your college just having a team working on a project how you do you approach that decision making process so we will first look at that and after that i'll give you some strategies that are given by harvard uh, business school and that's what we are going to talk about so these are not something you know which are given by uh, stupid people it's not theory it's not sort of false information all of that is actual process the process is actually given by one of the universities again and second thing is that the strategies are also given by university so basically these are just sort of researches studies and the information is from uh, the professors over there what are the professional you know ways to do it so that's what we are going to talk about so let's discuss how this process works now when we talk about team decision making teams are very effective in problem solving because uh, they are comprised of different people and at the same time even though they have complementary skills there are issues that happen in a team decision making so you need to make decisions using problem solving techniques because problem solving is one of the pros of a team teams do that really well and that's how that's how it works and that's how we decide if a team is good or not if a team is able to solve a problem really really effectively or 
even be able to solve a problem in that case we say that this team is good but if they fail to do that we will say that the team is not good so how the process goes well step number one is recognize the problem so firstly you need to fix uh, figure out what problem is present and how you can go ahead and solve those problems secondly what this constitute is basically, you know, uh, people don't really recognize what problems are and that's why leaders and managers come ahead and that's their job to actually go ahead and just solve those problems, right? And figure out what, what those recog uh, problems are, just recognize those problems. So that's where leaders and managers, their role becomes really important. And if you are that leader and manager, first step that you will be wishing to do is to just go ahead and start recognizing what the problem is what kind of things do you wish to solve right and what really happens is second situation is now you have the problem you know what problem you are going to solve so second situation will be similarly easy and that is just define the problem now teams do this at hand it's not very difficult you know but if you don't do it if you don't really know what what the problem is uh, how when and where you know uh, that problem exists what are the different views of that problem for example suppose i have a problem that when you know i try to book a cab and uh, through call and i suffered that okay they are not available they are charging really high fees but then Uber came out and Uber solved the exact problem. Now, problem was that people weren't able to find out, you know, how to book those cabs. Now, they gave the opportunity to people to just install an app on their phone and just book that cab. And at the same time, what they recognized is that there are different views of that problem. Now, when they launched Uber, it was launched after the 2008 recession and at that time a lot of uh, people especially drivers or a lot of people went out of work they lost their jobs they become unemployed so it also provided employment to those drivers so that was the view number one another view was that it was providing an easy way to people to book a cab third thing that they provided was it provided people to generate some amount of extra money even if they have a job they could generate some extra money by driving this uber now these are different views of a problem and there can be many views of a problem that's why you need to define what the problem is Step number three is very, again, very simple. Once you know what the problem is, secondly, you, you know the specifics of the problem, right? When we discuss a question, what we really do is there are many parts to one question, right? There are many aspects to it. So we define it clearly. Third step is gathering information where you go out, you research, and this is the total research part. And the team comes together and they research information. For example, I have a team and I'm solving a problem using coding. Now, that problem can be any technological problem and I have a coding team where I have the design people, I have the front-end people, I have the um, management people, I have marketing people and there can be a lot of more people in a team. Now, I'll tell them in their respective spheres, they will have to conduct that research and when they conduct that research, they will build that information and later on, we need to combine that information. Now, that's step number three. Step number four is just about solving those problems because now you have what uh, you know what the problem is. Now you know what the specific problem is and what are the different views of it. Now you have the information. 
Now, fourth step would be to just solve those problems and find those solutions. And when you find those solutions, there are certain ways to do that, like brainstorming where teams are encouraged to come up with as many possible as ideas to solve that problem, whatever they are facing. Then there can be, you know, asking the right questions. They need to explore more. Maybe once they have done their research to find those solutions, they will also have to do more research or maybe they'll have to explore alternative fields, right? So this is what happens. So that's how you develop those solutions. Now, you know what the problem is. Second step, you have defined that problem very well. Now you, everybody knows what that problem exactly is. You have the information regarding the problem you have a lot of solutions that step number four, step number five will be very simple to understand and that is to select the best alternative. Now there can be a lot of solutions to one problem, right? So for example, let's go back and see how Uber did it, right? So they started using that app, right? And if they wouldn't have done that app, maybe they would have gone by the traditional path. What are the ways to book a cab? You can go to a website and book it. You can use that app. You can uh, book it through calling. You can book it through texting, right? And that that's how you go. Or maybe the traditional ways is just sending a letter. Now that would be really, really stupid. Or for fifth way is just they build some stations where people can directly go and directly can tell that we need to book it. Now these are the problems. Which one do you think will be most effective? Now, booking from a website and app would have been similar at that time because the support wasn't that much. But later on, they provided that support and that app thing was really good. It was a really good solution. Now that was the best alternative and that's what they did, right? They analyzed the problem. They knew what, what was the better thing. They knew what idea was the better one. So they started, you know, they got that best alternative. Now. Let's go ahead with step number six. Now you have solved that problem. Now you have selected. What are you going to do next? You are going to implement that alternative. You are going to implement that solution, right? So suppose they got the idea that, okay, let's build an app for booking cabs, right? And later on, they will need to hire developers. They will need to hire people from user interface. They will need to hire marketing people. They, they will be uh, getting that team, you know, uh, additional team because they already had that team, right? They might have to hire additional team or they just need to get some softwares to do those things because there are many softwares available that can build those apps and websites in a jiffy. So you need to implement the best solution. And after implementing that solution, the last step is just evaluating what become of your solution. Now, let's just discuss all the seven steps. It's a seven step decision making process in a team. Step number one is to recognize the problem. Step number two is to define the problem. Step number three is gathering information related to that problem. Step number four is finding solutions more than one in most cases. Step number five is selecting the best solution among all of them, which will be most effective. Uh, it can be cost effective, it can be time effective, or it can be any kind of effectiveness. Step number six is implementing that selected solution or the best solution. And last step would be just to evaluate that outcome. Now, I have discussed how this works. I have discussed how uh, effective team decision making process works. Now let's see what can be better strategies for you know, 
group discussion or uh, team decision making now this is given by uh, harvard business review and uh, you can go ahead and read it maybe i'll le leave the link i think if you will be able to access that link you will be it will be good for you now you go ahead and strategy number 1 is you need to keep the small group as small as possible when you are making an important decision now sometimes it is really important that you need to have different expertise in your team but when there are cases when the decision is very important for example should we be able to build that app now if you have a, a team who is just your friends right and suppose you came up with a business idea and then you thought okay let's have a team meeting let's see let's go ahead and let's make the decision if we should build an app for that solution or not there is a possibility that if you have 10 friends nine friends of them will say no and that would make the decision biased but if there would be just two founders or three founders it's easy that you will come to a decision right so that is what that is something really really good but in some cases you might have to keep a bigger team and that's why at the start if you wish to uh, make you know sort of uh, uh, decisions which are important you need to keep at least between 3 to 5 people but sometimes there will be more amount of people and it has been scientifically proven or it has there has been studies done by them and research shows that when there is a team of more than 7 people there would be some kind of bias and that bias is called confirmation bias and they will be like yeah i think this is a good idea i think this is a good idea but if there will be less than 7 people then in that case uh, the bias will not exist that's why you need to keep the group as small as possible you need to keep the team as small as possible or obviously this is what happens right now you might have seen this in a lot of cases like in in big companies and big corporates they might have like 20 30 stakeholders and all of them will have some kind of share and they will have different thinking things right now if they have a favorite ceo they will listen to that ceo but if there will be a stakeholder uh who has a valid idea where they can enhance their businesses those stakeholders might have that bias that okay this ceo is good he is making good decisions we don't want to go any other way and we are fine with it so they they might kind be biased in that cases that's why if that group will be smaller to 3 to 5 people only 3 to 5 people will make decisions that's why it becomes really easy and that is the reason that most of the uh, startup owners or most of the entrepreneurs suggest that you need to have a team or the founders should be around 3 3 is an ideal number because more than that it becomes really difficult but if you have just two people it will even be greater but if you have a third person the workload will get divided and it would be really good now strategy number 2 is just about uh choosing a group where a lot of people have a lot of different backgrounds so choosing a heterogeneous group over homogeneous one like most of the time so even in this case they have done these studies and they have found that when there are people with the from the same background for the from the same college or from the same sort of homogeneous opinions and beliefs they will be biased toward decision making this is the, this is there is a, there are studies on that 
However, if there are teams who will be, you know, uh, very heterogeneous, for example, there is a marketing guy, there is a design guy, there is a coding guy, they might not agree with each other in many cases. But what really happens is they are more likely to make decisions will, which will be more better. So they will be unbiased uh, decisions. That is the case. Now, Obviously, there are there is context here, and that context is that when you're trying uh, to do tasks that require very different skills, right? Very different uh, researches. For example, if you are launching a business, if you are doing a business, right? In that case, you need teams where people have different skills. Like, so you need people from marketing or recruitment or uh, maybe technology. You need a tech guy. You need a design guy if it more more focused on design. And when that happens, you know, it is really good if you have heterogeneous team. But when there's, you know, a repetitive tasks are happening, for example, today, I, uh, I'll give you my example, personal example. So when I worked as a software engineer, we used to have these meetings every day or every few days. And we used to talk with the client. Now, at that time, there, there, it wasn't something like, you know, exactly decision making, because obviously decision will be taken by the higher up guys. But obviously, they, ha you know, listen to our opinion as well. Now, all of the people, it was very repetitive task, because we had it every day. And we had a homogeneous group, because all of the guys, almost all of the guys were the tech guys, all of us were software engineers, and all of had almost same background. So in that case, it becomes really better that you have homogeneous team and you have a team uh, which is doing the repetitive task. So that's why uh, in most cases, when there are things that needs to be done, different kind of things, which generally happens in a business environment, you need to have a heterogeneous team rather than a homogeneous team. Now, strategy number three is they have suggested that you need to appoint a dissenter. Now, what is dissenter or what is dissent? Now, dissent is nothing but, but just a person whose job is to criticize, whose jobs is to think the other way around, right? For example, suppose there is a team of doctors, there are different doctors. If we assign a strategic dissenter, there will be a guy. Now, there will be four doctors. Suppose there is a team of five doctors and four doctors will think in one way, but one guy will be a strategic dissenter. He has been kept there by the leader or the manager or the head surgeon to just be that person to not act into consensus with other teammates, but to challenge the team's decision making process. What it does is when there is there are some people who will have that kind of people who, who will have different thinking. Now, obviously, you might say, how is that good for decision making? Because decision making needs us to come to a decision. But you also need to take care of is that decision efficient? Is that decision good? So you need to have a strategic guy who can think from multiple perspective. And that guy will challenge that. Now, I'll tell you a funny thing, you know, I am a naturally strategic dissenter. I am that guy who will just, you know, if someone comes up with me, uh, comes comes up to me with a business idea or they have some sort of ideas, I will be that guy who will teach them or who will just be not into line with them. I'll disagree with them. I'll post some logical questions in front of them. If, if they can answer those questions, if they can give solutions to those problems, then the idea might be good. 
at least better than the normal idea now these ideas can be our day-to-day -day life things or these ideas you know i also some of my friends have discussed some of the business ideas with me and in that case i have told them like this is already present or this is that this is that now if i had this that thing you know I knew that that idea wasn't good. So I would tell that that person, this is not good because of this reason. Now that's the same thing that you have to do. You have to keep that strategic dissenter. Step or strategy number four is you need to collect opinions independently. So this is, I have seen this a lot of times, you know, when you're sitting in a team and discussing on one particular project or, or one particular uh, work, then what really happens is, you know, people are able to be biased why because yeah who will say that you know if you suppose uh, even if you have that strategic dissenter it is good in a discussion when you are having a discussion but when you are collecting opinions you need to collect opinions independently and that's why you might have seen a lot of people you know give that opinions uh, writing on a chit and that submit that chit and though then those chits will be read but it won't be known who wrote which chit right so when that happens so when that happens, it becomes, uh, creates an anonymity. And when there is that, that anonymity, they feel safe and they don't get biased. They will just tell their ideas because they, do, they will think it's good, right? So this is also a really good strategy that can be used. You need to collect those opinions anonymously or independently, right? Strategy number five, you need to provide a safe space to speak up. So that basically means is that you shouldn't, make those people think that you need to decide in one particular uh, situation now this is a very common case where managers are really you know those are the guys who control people now they wish to hear that their ideas are great right and that's why those teammates might not stand up and say that this idea is not good because of this reason right so when there is that the case the the teammate might think oh this guy might ha fire me from my job or this guy might demote me or this guy might not give me appraisals in that case if there is a safe space where everyone can voice their opinions it would become really really good of a situation over there it becomes really amazing at that situation that the the space is really really safe now there is another strategy uh, the strategy number six and that is called you shouldn't rely on on experts over rely now re there is a difference between rely and over rely now here's the deal when you over rely which basically means that the, you shouldn't have blind trust over opinions because if i am an expert in one particular field right and if a company is taking decision just based on my opinion they're just totally blind trusting me and thinking that oh this guy must be right he's working in this field for 10 years so he must be right i might have my opinions because i have taken up those opinions those opinions might not be very efficient those opinions might not be right because they are just opinions they are not fact they're not effective right so obviously you need to invite experts to say their opinion but you shouldn't decide on their opinion so you shouldn't over rely or you shouldn't blind trust on those experts now there is the seventh strategy which is the last one and there should be a collective responsibility now here's the deal whatever the outcome of a decision will be that depends on how things go on and what did you decide but here's the deal 
when there are different roles of different people right suppose i am a marketing guy and i wish to leave that job right there is a situation that i might not uh, have the responsibility of that decision right i am on not take right for example if the idea fails the complete problem will be faced by the manager or the leader they will be the ones who will be in the front and they will feel feel that brunt or they'll get fired because their decision wasn't good because it's considered that will be their decision however if all members of a team are accountable for that decision making process right if they are accountable to take the responsibility if they share that collective responsibility if they make you know uh, that decision jointly and they will even make the statements jointly it will be more balanced and there will be more exchange of ideas and that will make decisions even better because in that case only one person or the senior won't be facing that brunt so here are seven strategies for better dis- team decision making number one is you need to keep uh, the team as small as possible generally between 3 to 5 people when you are making important decisions if it's re- repetitive decisions you can have more people similarly you need to keep a team with heterogeneous background over a homogeneous team because and this is also applicable in cases where you are making uh, you have to do a lot of different stuff like in a business there are a lot of departments involved but if they are a re- repetitive task it is good that you go with homogeneous team like for example a surgery right there will be all of them will be doctors right so third uh, strategy will be you need to have a strategic dissenter who will be there to just go ahead and just be you know criticize the decisions or solutions or whatever is being discussed so that those problems can be become you know those solutions can be made better strategy number 4 is you need to collect opinions independently and anonymously strategy number 5 is you need to provide a safe space to speak up for the team members strategy number 6 is you shouldn't blindly trust the experts and strategy number 7 is that everybody should share responsibility and accountability in that team and i think that gives a really good uh, reason for us to just focus on team decision making and just make those great decisions in our life in our careers even in our colleges